You may be seated. Our scripture today comes from the book of Leviticus, the 16th chapter. I don't say the book of Leviticus much in worship uh, when preparing to read scripture, but that is where we find ourselves in the Bible year, and I trust that whether you're reading along with us uh, or if you are joining us for the day as we work through um, scripture this entire year, um, that God is going to reveal something to us even in uh, some of these strange and unfamiliar texts. So today, Leviticus 16. After the death of Aaron's two sons, which happened when they approached the Lord and died, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he cannot come whenever he wants into the holy area inside the inner curtain to the front of the cover that is on the chest or else he will die because I am present in the cloud above the cover. No, but Aaron must enter the holy area as follows with a bull from the herd as a purification offering and a ram as an entirely burned offering. Aaron must dress in a holy linen tunic and wear linen undergarments on his body. He must tie a linen sash around himself and wrap a linen turban around his head. These are holy clothes. Aaron will first bathe his body in water and then put them on. He will take from the Israelite community two male goats for a purification offering and one ram for an entirely burned offering. Aaron will offer the bull as a purification offering to make reconciliation for himself and his household. He will take the two male goats and place them before the Lord at the meeting tent's entrance. Aaron will cast lots over the two goats, one lot labeled the Lord's and the other lot labeled Ezazel's. Aaron will present the goat selected by the Lord's lot and perform a purification offering with it. But the goat selected by Ezazel's lot will be left standing alive before the Lord in order to make reconciliation upon it by sending it away into the wilderness to Ezazel. Aaron will offer the bull for his purification offering to make reconciliation for himself and his household. He will slaughter the bull for his purification offering. Then he will take an incense pan full of burning coals from the altar from before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground perfumed incense and bring them inside the inner curtain. He will put the incense on the fire before the Lord so that the cloud of incense conceals the cover that is on top of the covenant document, or else he will die. He will take some of the bull's blood and sprinkle it with his finger on the cover from the east side. He will then sprinkle some of the blood with the finger seven times in front of the cover. Then he will slaughter the goat for the people's purification offering. Bring the blood inside the inner curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He will sprinkle it on the cover and in the front of the cover. In this way, he will make reconciliation for the inner holy area because of the pollution of the Israelites and because of their rebellious sins, as well as for all their other sins. Aaron must do the same for the meeting tent, which is with them among their pollution. No one can be in the meeting tent from the time Aaron enters to make reconciliation in the inner holy area until the time he comes out. He will make reconciliation for himself, for his household, and for the whole assembly of Israel. Aaron will then go to the altar that is before the Lord and make reconciliation for it. He will take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on each of the altar's horns. He will sprinkle some of the blood in the altar, on the altar with his finger seven times. In this way, he will purify it again and make it holy from the Israelites' pollution. When Aaron has finished reconciling the inner holy area, the rest of the meeting tent and the altar, he will bring forward the live goat. Aaron will press both his hands on its head and confess over it all the Israelites' offenses and all their rebellious sins, as well as all their other sins, putting all these on the goat's head. Then he will send it away into the wilderness with someone designated for the job. 
The goat will carry on itself all their offenses to a desolate region. Then the goat will be released into the wild. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we are going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, animal sacrifice. Animal sacrifice has to be up there with the genealogies, as what well has to be some of the most irrelevant portions of the Bible for us to read, at least it seems. Also, if you have ever read Leviticus, the detail of the sacrificial system was just plain gross. I didn't really love biology class, so the detailed descriptions of guts and blood can be more nausea-inducing than most Bible reading. The problem that we encounter is this. The sacrificial system is basically the focus of this entire book of Scripture, Leviticus. And this book was strategically placed at the center of the Torah, or the book of the law of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This gave it a place of importance. And the scripture that we read today, which is about the Day of Atonement, or the Day of Reconciliation, is at the center of this third book, Leviticus. So it's really important. So we need an answer to this question, then, when we come to it. Why is sacrifice necessary? First of all, since the Israelites left Egypt, God is committed to be with God's people in a very physical and tangible way. God's presence was with them in the pillar of the cloud and fire, before the Red Sea and beyond the Red Sea. The cloud of God's presence was on Mount Sinai as Moses was given the law, and now with the building of the tabernacle, Israel, Israel understands God to be somehow dwelling actually in this tent of meeting. They did not think that God was contained in this tent, but that God's presence was with them in a very special and powerful way in this tent. The presence of the tabernacle meant that evil could not be permitted in the Israelite community. God is ultimate goodness, and Israel believed that God's footstool was the mercy seat on the top of the Ark of the Covenant, which held the two tablets of the law from Mount Sinai. This space was so holy that we learned that only one time per year, only one person, Aaron, the high priest for the people, was allowed to enter into that area. And we are told that Aaron had to burn incense before entering this inner room, the Holy of Holies, so that a cloud would remain between him and God's presence on the mercy seat. Otherwise, Scripture says, Aaron would die. We are reminded that as God is dwelling in their midst, that Israel has a sin problem. This holiness of God could not be taken lightly. Our scripture begins today, after the death of Aaron's two sons, which happened when they approached the Lord and died. This means that we should probably go back and check what happened when Aaron's sons died. In Leviticus 10, Nadab and Abihu, two of Aaron's sons, who were priests, brought unauthorized fire before the Lord. Somehow this fire that they brought was impure. This fire may have been brought from ordinary domestic use and therefore inappropriate, or it could have been brought maybe from an idol's shrine. We don't know exactly where the fire was from, but the scripture says that the fire, that fire flew out from the Lord and devoured Aaron's two sons. Aaron's sons somehow had not taken the holiness of God seriously. 
What we see here is this notion. If God is going to get rid of evil in the world, then he's going to have to get rid of everyone. But this runs counter to the covenant that God has made with his people, that God would forever be in relationship with them. Here's the rub. God is holy and cannot tolerate evil. And Israel is human and fallible and inevitably will participate in evil through sin. This is where the sacrificial system comes in. This system does not make sense to us in our contemporary Western culture. In fact, this system is so culturally and historically removed from us that it seems like needless bloodshed over and over And since we don't really understand this system, it is tempting for us to act like this section of the Bible isn't even really here. Let's be honest. You don't hear too many sermons starting off or reading today from the book of Leviticus. These scriptures aren't used very often in worship. In fact, I don't know if they ever make it in the lectionary readings for three years. But the sacrificial system helped cover the daily impurities and ways that evil found its way into the Israelite camp. The earlier chapters of Leviticus, about grain offerings and wave offerings and sin offerings and guilt offerings, they are all about the inadvertent ways that someone in the community may have brought impurity into the community. The Day of Atonement then described today in chapter 16 is the culmination of this sacrificial system. For in this Day of Atonement, it isn't just unintentional sins that are covered. Rather, the purpose is given to us. This will be a permanent rule for you in order to make reconciliation for the Israelites from all their sins once a year. This is the holiest day for Israel, the holiday we know today as Yom Kippur. This is the day where we see the justice and grace of God come together in an incredible way. So during this day of atonement, Aaron, who was the first high priest, is the very important character. He first had to change into more humble priestly clothing rather than his bejeweled and golden ephod. He then had to ensure that he was richly pure in ways beyond the everyday ritual for priests. He has to put on the linen clothes instead of these fancy high priestly clothes. He has to wash all of his body rather than just his hands and his feet as he would have on other days in preparation for sacrifice. And as such, Aaron brought a bull as a purification offering to offer on the inner altar. This bull was to purify the sins of Aaron and his family before he would go and offer a sacrifice on behalf of all of Israel. Animal sacrifice was serious business. So then then Aaron would bring two goats forward for the Day of Atonement liturgy. In these two goats, we see God provide a way to deal with the sin problem within Israel making a way for his very presence to continue in their midst. The first goat was sacrificed by Aaron in a very specific and deliberate way. And what we can see in this practice of animal sacrifice is how God covered the debt of the people through sacrifice. So when an Israelite had to intentionally shed the blood of an animal, we have to understand that they viewed this blood as life itself. So when they sacrificed, they had to watch the life drain from the body of the animal and see and feel the results of their sinfulness. The hope of the system was that it would steer Israel away from sin. Animal sacrifice was also literally costly, 
Animals were the main form of livelihood in agrarian culture. In this way, the cost helps to cover the debt. On the Day of Atonement, Aaron would take the blood, the life of this sacrificed goat, into the Holy of Holies. And Aaron would sprinkle this blood in the room itself. This is hard for us to comprehend, but this action of sprinkling blood was actually a form of detergent. The evil that Israel had participated in was cleansed by this blood. You hear all those old blood songs that we sometimes sing. The blood never failed me yet. The blood will never lose its power. There is a fountain filled with blood. Right? I mean, all of those old hymns. They take, they take that idea that blood somehow purifies. Right? We think of like that those, the tabernacle had to get kind of disgusting with blood flowing all around it uh, and getting sprinkled everywhere. But, but in a theological concept here, it was life covering over death. The word cover is very important here. It is literally what kippur means in Hebrew, covering, a day of atoning, a day of covering over the community's sin. This is the justice that is offered. But the grace is that the sacrificial system even exists. For God provides the very means to the people to maintain relationship with God. God does demand justice, but God then offers grace to help Israel carry out that justice. This is what happens with the first goat. Israel's sin is covered and atoned for. The second goat is part of that same sin offering, but it is a tangible display of how God restores relationship with Israel. For Aaron takes this second goat and places his hands on its head, and Aaron confesses on it all of the sins of Israel, and then he sends it away. And instead of sacrificing this goat, it goes off into the wilderness as far as the east is from the west. If the sins of the community are forgiven with the first goat and his sacrifice, the guilt of the community is removed with the second goat. This goat is often called the escape goat from the full, the scapegoat from where the term escape goat. The goat escapes literally taking the community's guilt away with it. This is grace in full force. The sacrificial system is not about a bloodthirsty deity demanding recompense. It is a reliable way that provided life in the midst of a community who had participated in ways of death. God makes a way for Israel not to be destroyed, but to remain in God's presence. Thus the Day of Atonement marks the holiest day for Jewish people. They grieve their own sinfulness before God and celebrate their guilt being forgiven. Obviously, the sacrificial death of Jesus is understood by Christians as a sacrifice that atones for our sin and removes our guilt. The depth of this sacrifice is better understood when we can see that God has always provided a way for God's people to relate to him. I wonder this today. How is God inviting you into God's very presence? I wonder, when you receive Christ's body and blood through the practice of communion, do you recognize both the sacrifice that Jesus offers and the freedom from guilt? 
you recognize both the sacrifice that Jesus offers for you and the freedom from guilt? In this long and winding road in the wilderness, God makes a way to be in continual relationship so that his presence can remain in Israel. We thank God for providing a way for healed and restored relationship with God's people, both in Leviticus and all the way to today. Amen.